Philadelphia police have arrested three suspects, arrested three suspects, arrested three suspects in connection with a mass shooting on Tuesday. Nearly 100 rounds were fired in on Tuesday. Nearly 100 rounds were fired, injuring five people. Officials say a 16-year-old boy and a 21-year-old man were shot in the head and are currently in extremely critical condition. 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 Blaine Keanu has a leader. Keanu has a leader. This isn't exactly the This Is Hardcore podcast. This is what we're going to do occasionally. It's going to be called the recap. So the This Is Hardcore podcast weekend recap. So this is number one. Uh, I did play Shout Out. Uh, Shout out to my boy Kareem from Frankfurt. This kid is legendary mosher in the making. I mean, has all the fucking moves. He holds some kind of crazy karate black belt, but I mean... He might weigh like 100 pounds or something, but the fucking kid moves like lightning. And if he kicks, you're probably going to shatter your whole fucking ribs. So shout out to Rock, uh, Kareem. And uh, the, the band is called Shot Out. Uh, they had a demo tape. And then this, this is the 215 mixtape. The track we just played was Be- Bleed. Um, for those who are unaware about Philadelphia, not only do we have a crazy amount of neighborhoods, but the Philadelphia hardcore scene is a lot like Philadelphia. Everybody has comes from different neighborhoods. And um, a couple years back with the Voltage Lounge, there was kind of like that crowd, the metal kids who do the ninja moshing anyway. And, um, but they weren't fucking with the hardcore, the Philly hardcore shows, the stuff that me do, that I do, the stuff that Bob does, Chris, the whole squad. But over time, because we kept doing shit, a lot of these kids were like, all right, and would warm up and come over. Kareem was one of these kids that I saw at some of our shows just fucking blasting people with roundhouse kicks and wild shit. And then was like, yo, where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm Frankfurt, but I live somewhere else right now. And he had another band. I think they were called like Narrow Vision or something, but this is his new band. And um, just I got a lot of love for the kids who were out here crossing the line, so to speak, coming and supporting shows, handing out stickers. Actually, you know what? Hold on, right here. Blow. Got the fucking stickers. Shot out. So shout out to shout out, my boy Kareem. It's very weird to be uh, videotaping my face. I'm not really comfortable with it, but uh, you see a lot of hardcore dudes out here with the video gimmick now. And um, not that I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses here, but uh, I got a little extra space going and I wanted to try it out. And if people fuck with it, 
you know, when we do some of the interviews, we'll start bringing some of them in live. So we have the one-on-one thing. And still, I, from the beginning, I mean, this hardcore podcast is on, would have been on episode 113. And there was videos, but I mean, like, when I did Scott Vogel back then, he was in his bed on basketball shorts. Like, there wasn't this set-up green screen gimmick like you see in a lot of these fancy podcasts. It was never like that. A um, couple times, people like Chris Bridge 9, who was episode one of the podcast, and a great episode if you never checked it out. You know, he was like, hey, could we still look at each other as we talk, even if we don't use the video? So if I ever went back and started putting some of them, which I'd like to do, maybe those videos could be gleaned. But, like, I'm sitting in boxer shirts on my couch half the time. Sometimes my RIP to Abel, sometimes my dog Abel would be next to me. But I never shot any of this stuff, thinking about this hardcore podcast being on YouTube. And then this Paris Mayhew episode, which I think was episode 30, which is crazy. It's almost been 80 episodes since then. That thing's got like 10,000 views on YouTube. So maybe I put this stuff out on YouTube and some of the social media and it comes out and you can listen to it like a regular podcast would. And maybe you'll like it. Maybe we slide more into that direction. I, you know, kind of like an iterative decision going on here. Let, let's take a little step towards it and let's not go all in unless it makes sense. So that's kind of what I'm doing right here with you guys right now. And, and it's actually, it's actually kind of funny to think about it um, in the discourse of today, today's hardcore scene, a ton of people bring up the word adjacent, and, I'll, and I'm going to get to that in a second, but um, the kids who come from the shot out world, you know, oh, here it is, this is the word, I want to look this up, but this is how I'm going to roll, I'm not going to have all these extra, but I'm just going to look it up as I'm talking to you, okay, next to we're joining to something else, having a common vertex and a common side, that's the geometry explanation, but this word adjacent has been just thrown up to the point where now they have like an adjacent fest. And it's corny. It's fucking whack. The bands that people are talking about, that they call adjacent. It's because they're trying to sell somebody. Like, oh, it's hardcore adjacent. No, 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 no. And this is the whole hubbub that we'll get into later. Where somebody who I respect and call a good friend. Jay from Mindforce came, kind of came under fire. But before we get into that, we're going to do a little recap. That's the whole point of this, the recap of the weekend. And um, that's why the podcast didn't come out, because we're fucking slammed here in Philadelphia. And it started with the Thursday of this this week, which I'm going to pull this up. And again, uh, we ain't got crazy production yet, so you're going to have to watch me do a little Googling. And if you don't like it, suck my dick. All right? That's probably going to get me kicked off YouTube, but who the fuck cares? Um, yeah, we had this show, Bob Wilson brought the almighty tsunami and spy who were on tour to Philadelphia this Thursday night at the first Unitarian church. And, um, just a lowdown for in case you are unfamiliar with the process. There's a church hall. You show up, there's a stage, but we got to bring all this gear out of this closet. This gear, some of this shit is made by John Hiltz, who one day will be on the, this hardcore podcast fucking legend in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York hardcore, from the shows that he was doing in his house, he taught himself everything to be a live sound person, to the point where he built some of the cabinets and the gear that still is used at the church by R5 Productions, and now we also get to use, it's incredible, but um, we have to get this gear out of a closet, set it up, 
and get it ready for the performance unless there was a show the night before, hit or miss. Especially in the middle of the week, it's not often that there's like a Wednesday show so the Thursday guy doesn't have to do it. So, you know, we got to get there early. We got to set the whole thing up, which leads into, oh, how come there's no fucking podcast? Well, you know, I'm fucking busy too. You know, we got this thing called This Is Hardcore coming out. I got to get it fucking ready, all right? Sometimes I'm on the fucking, um, it's, you know, it's late now. Damn near 10 o'clock and I'm doing this stupid video because I don't want to have nothing to give you. I figure I get it ready. So be kind, relax. That's why this is happening, but it's also why I couldn't get a podcast out. Anyway, back to what we were saying. So me and Bob and the boys, we get this thing ready. And I was blown away. You know, if it's a Bob Wilson show, I'm going to stand right there up front with my man and support him. He's done it the whole time. And so whatever he needs, he needs me to fucking plunge a toilet, kill a chicken, throw 10 people out. I'll do whatever the fuck he wants me to do. And, um, but I'm standing outside this show and out of the entire attendees, I might've known 60 people out of almost 600 people. There's such a different crowd. And that's where that adjacency first starts touches in on the weekend. And the first band is Scarab. Tyler Mullen, who was in Year of the Knife, Agitator, um, filled in for a ton of bands, tremendous drummer, insane vocalist, and this was their first show. Um, Tyler Breslet on drums, he also plays in Carbonite. For Big Boy, plays in the pocket, man, that motherfucker's fast. It was a fabulous fucking performance. Um, all the Philly hardcore people in the crowd going off. And then, obviously, Clemo, Fool's Game, Stucky. B- I mean, that's the... That's the young hit squad right there, you know. They're playing fucking main one day. Next thing you know, they're at Bonks by 1230 at night to play an after show. I don't know the fuck they do it. But they get it done. And at the church, they were absolutely tremendous. And it was something that happens to me, at least, when I'm working at the door. I see these young kids coming in. It's one kid, black hair. Sometimes wears a mohawk. Sometimes wears a ski cap. I was like, oh, you ready for the show? Who are you excited for? He's like, really? I'm excited for Fool's Game. I'm like, Fool's Game? Had everybody here? And he's like, oh, yeah, man, they're the local guys. We got to go off for them. And I said, God, thank you. Thank you for bringing a kid in who understands you got to support the people around you. It's great that Tsunami Inspire coming from all over, but support the Fool's Game because that is the people that are around us, and that's the people coming up. Fucking fantastic. Just made me so excited just to hear that before the first band play. But Fool's Game fucking killed it. And then a miracle in some way or just general weather it was fucking raining cats and dogs, which was perfect for Missing Link, who Mike Ryan from Missing Link was on the podcast. Check out his episode. Missing Link is absolutely incredible. Um, straight New York hardcore, vicious, raw, very talented. Uh, some kids like to use the term like Galgoon and, and Caveman. Nah, this is fantastic, pure fucking unadulterated testosterone-laden fucking hardcore. And, and they killed it. First time at the church, Third on the bill out of a packed bill, and the house was packed, and it was fucking fabulous. Hats off the missing link. You can check out their stuff. It just came out on Never Ran, Never Roll Records, run by my brother Richie Crutch. Um, spies from Northern California. You don't know what you're gonna get. You can get breakdowns. You get fucking punk shit. They're a mix, man. Uh, they're in that whole gang with Tsunami, Gold, Strain. You know the whole squad. Scow. All them dudes all share weird members, and um. They had a fantastic performance, had the young kids who knew people who'd never been to the church before going fucking crazy, and that's what's awesome about the church, we can get a room packed. A band can come from so fucking far and get an amazing audience, and I was glad that, that they had that. And then the tsunami gets on stage, and um, 
it's just something else, man. It's not divergently different. A hardcore show is a hardcore show. No matter where it is in the country, it's a fucking hardcore show. But, you know, at the same time, it's also a different crowd, different attitude. It feels right. It feels at home. But, you you know, like, I, I'm on stage. I'm worried. Any young kids didn't disappoint. That band had kids singing every word. They had kids singing every word to the intro from the record. It's fucking fantastic. Joseph, Theo, all the guys in Tsunami were class acts. Absolutely incredible and a great Thursday night. Packed to the gills. And, you know, for new people, thankfully, hopefully, we'll get them coming back. There are some people that are like the vape inside. That's a no-go. Thankfully, there's some veterans in the crowd that were telling a couple people want to light a cigarette inside. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Um, unfortunately, I, I put it on Twitter, but like, you got to leave the room the way you find it. These rooms that we have, I don't own the church. I don't got the money to own a venue. So the only way that these shows kind of kind of happen without a barricade with all the chaos that you love to have in a show, you've got to walk into the room and respect that everything from the ceiling to the floor, wall to wall, has to have some level of respect because it's going to go back in the order we found it. That's the whole point of what I was saying about walking down them steps, putting that gear on stage, making sure it's all right. Like that's, you know, like we don't just, you don't just fuck things up. Because then we don't have anything. And then there is no more shows. And then what's the fucking point of all this? Which we will also get to later. So, great Thursday show. Friday, was we got lucky. Gear was already set up. Band show up. And we began the first of two days of the Hardcore Pride weekend. Which, if you missed it, I'm sorry. It, absolutely fucking fantastic. Um, we had a podcast. It was episode, I believe it was episode 110 or 11. Sorry, again, I didn't write no notes down. This is off the cuff. Maybe I'll get better as I go along with these recaps. But uh, Carter from From Within, Lennon from Plead Your Case, who's in every fucking band from Scarab to, I mean, I think he plays in Scarab, off the tracks. I think he plays drums in Envision. I know he plays in, fuck, he plays in every fucking band. He's a fucking asshole. I love him. And they did this awesome weekend. So here we go. Day one. Um, absolutely started off with Killing Me, which is from Delaware. Love these kids. Um, they go to every show. They put on. They travel. Still young, so they got time. But having the local represent open up in the church is always fantastic. And David and everybody just killed it. And then um, Carter's band, Statement of Pride. I mean, if you fuck with Strife, I hate saying this. It's a great, weird way to... But if you fuck with Strife, then you love Statement of Pride already. And uh, yeah, Carter killed it. Love the band. Their own Young Blood records. One of my favorite hardcore records. Pennsylvania hardcore record. Also, Sean from Young Blood was on this podcast as so well. Check that out. Um, and then Envision. Envision's absolutely fantastic. Like kind of like a, a souffle or a stew of all the '90s hardcore. Fucking some of the stuff you hear, it, you're like, oh, this sounds exactly like this. Tremendous band. Tremendous whole live performance. Great fucking band. Um, Adrian's from Northeast and they sound like they listen to a ton of 90s bands on YouTube the metalcore stuff that still have the breakdowns and the kids are going all for them totally crazy vibes people in the pit going hard and that's all you can ever ask for especially people traveling from New England we don't need them motherfuckers going home and trashing Philly so Adrian got a warm welcome at the first time playing the first Unitarian Church so hope they get to come back um, now we get into the home team Simulacra 
Dirty Dom might be a dick sometimes and Chick hits really hard because he's a big goon, but he's got some fucking, he's got some balls on him and that band Simulacra is sick. Very metallic, very aggressive. Again, another one of these souffle kind of take bits and pieces of these kind of bands, but if you like metallic, hardcore, raw, in your face, touch of the, you know, the influencer there, but also modernize it. Didn't just take it right from the, right from the record. You know, they added the the elements and it's a fantastic mix. X, all the guys do a fa- um, Tyler Brezza again, just a fantastic group. And yo, man, they're going to Europe soon with no warning. It's just fucking great. Bunch of kids from Delaware, you know, travel across the world. Hardcore is a beautiful thing, man. That's all I can say. You get to go in anywhere and outside of your own hometown. It's because of hardcore. You should be feeling blessed by hardcore. That's how it is for me anyway. And then, uh, you know, fucking Magnitude. This band, there was a time when they did this tour. And they came back and they said, you know what? I don't think we want to be a pro-core band. Just want to do things when we want to do them and have fun. And, and they're fantastic. They are, again, another one of these bands touching on the 90s feel of hardcore. But it's raw. It's aggressive. It's emotional. Um... The kids just get on stage, they take the mic, there's good breakdowns, and everybody in the band is just psyched to be on there. You know, there's no rock star attitude. It's fucking fantastic. And then, um, Gridiron. I don't need to say anything else about Gridiron, man. If you don't fucking know, you don't know. Um, it's incredible, and it was cool to see them at the church. Good to see everybody out front, up front, moshing. Um, it was a funny moment. Mike Ryan, who was a missing link, Great guy. You know, he could have went home and just did nothing. No, he stayed all weekend for the whole shows. At a certain point in time, he decided to step it up and uh, started moshing. And there's a bunch of young kids to my right, and you could see them all looking at each other like, oh, shit. Like, oh, there's a whole nother fucking level to this. So thanks for Mike for um, introducing these younger kids who are kind of on a level two, that there's a whole nother seven levels after that. It was fucking awesome. And um, yeah, for a first Unitarian church, you can't ask for better. Hardcore Pride weekend. First day, Friday, was a little wet, it was a little cold, but, you know, great turnout, great vibes. And then um, we got to the second show. Now, the second show was supposed to be at the First Unitarian Church. Booking things got screwed up, so we went to the West Kensington Ministries, which is located closer to North Philadelphia, right off the um, Frankfurt Market L-Line, Alpha Dolphin in Norris Square. Now, this is an all-day gimmick, so what happened here is they did a flea market. You show up early, you could go buy some records, get some cool shit, and then kick everybody out, get everybody for the show. Smart idea, especially in the springtime. And um, I hope they continue with this idea. I hope more people do the, the flea market things. It's cool just to have different things out there. So, again, first band, Pain Clinic. Whew, man. You got Ty Dawson. You got my boy Jake from True Believer Jiu-Jitsu. And, you know, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Philadelphia, we're 400-something miles apart from each other. So, you know, back when I was a kid, it was very hard to get to Pittsburgh, and none of the Pittsburgh bands ever really came out. No Retreat used to live in the area of, like, Stroudsburg, CC, so they would play up there. I've never seen No Retreat once Homeboy moved from Northeast PA to out west. So there was always, like, a weird thing where the western dude's like, well, we never get asked to play. It's like, we motherfuckers are 400 miles away. Boston ain't 400 miles away from here. New York and Philly are like 100, like maybe 94 miles away from each other. Fucking shit's far. But it's cool with AJ and preserving and his venues now and just always supporting uh, FYA. This is hardcore. His band, Face Wreck, his amazing distro. It's incredible. I think they're really starting to turn and we're going to reconnect 
the um, the Keystone State, the uh, Keystone State. See, I stutter. I'm gonna cut that out. It's too fucking hard for me to do anyway. I had to go into the video, go in the audio. That's too much fucking effort. But I am a stuttering fuck, and I'm glad you guys got to see that. But yeah, Pain Clinic opened up, fucking ripped it. It was fucking fantastic. And then um, again, this is a brand new band. They played a handful of shows, if that, maybe two. Three maybe at the most, and now they're fucking coming across state, and they got a fucking very well work them. Um, Almighty watching. In the nineties, there was a bunch of bands who just like, dude, like a helmet. If you're into helmet, you check them out. If you're not into helmet, check them out. But helmet with a little bit better breakdowns. It's got good vibes, very chill. I've always fucked with from the minute Bob put me onto Almighty watching. Just a different kind of take on some of the bands who were from the early to mid nineties that had some actual musical talent, could write a song with, you know, core progressions and cool shit, but very cool band, and it was awesome to see them. Uh, then they go right into um, Burning Strong, which is uh, uh, Robert Goodspeed. He was in Malice in the Palace. He's now in Burning Strong. He runs venues. He's a big hand of what, why Bob Wilson and FYA Bob, that's like Bob's main dude. He runs Pennsylvania, Pensacola, Florida, hardcore, fucking fantastic. And it's a shame that they don't play more up in the East Coast. They're fucking fantastic. Real raw, really aggressive. 90s tinge, but got some fucking straight ass beaters. And I'm glad that they also got a really good welcome. Check out Burning Strong. Literally one of the best bands, I think, from Florida, period, right now. And then um, Carbonite, again, a fucking another Lennon band. This time he's singing. And he sounds like a fucking monster. Take Buried Alive and then add a little bit more modernized guitar work. A little bit heavier breakdowns and that's what you get. Fucking raw. Tyler Brez is in this fucking band. That motherfucker kills. Just fantastic fucking band. Carbonite the shit. And they've only been around like two years. I think their first show was like January 2022 I think was their first show. Fucking fantastic. And um, surprise, Scarab plays after them. Wall-to-wall chaos. At one point, I'd pick up my feet and get the fuck off my ass and go over and shove that Ty Dawson all the way across the stage. And then I see that Kevin Harris. And I grab Kevin Harris and I run him all the way across the other stage. It was a lot of fun until my pants fell down. Then I went back to being old fucking sitting on the side of the stage, you know? But no, fucking fantastic. I love a surprise set. I love when friends are going off for each other. That's a big part of this weekend, too. Everybody in the crowd were also the people playing or the people supporting. And I think that some things get missed construed here in this adjacency world you forget the rules oh you're in the band what do you forget to mosh or you're only gonna go off for the cool band the last two bands something that was amazing about hardcore pride weekend was seeing the kids in the early bands and the kids in the later bands all going off for each other even that fucking will from gridiron and never in the game getting the fuck out there yo will bring back the tain motherfucker they were hard but I definitely think that um, it's something that needs to continually be repeated because sometimes people forget that. They get into band guy mode and they forget the mosh. And even that fucking Dom from Sim, he's a mosher through and through. Uh, Eric Walk was out there with the big ass black version of that Pope, the fake Pope uh, drip jacket. He literally had a fucking a giant fucking hood and like ninja kicking, but his fucking whatever that was a Carhartt jacket or whatever was like triple fat goose whatever was already almost at his fucking knees it's good to see all the guys in different bands going off is my point if you're in a band and you're not going off fuck you because you want people to mosh for you you better go mosh for them that's the way it used to be um I digress 
after that is live it down. Cleveland. I just said Cleveland. When you think of Cleveland hardcore, you can now just think of live it down. They even cover Ringworm. They've covered Integrity. They are the grandson band of those bands. If you're like a mark, there was a whole time when like Connecticut and Massachusetts bands all try to mark off and basically be like a Connecticut hardcore band because of the hate breed, integrity split. All them bands started like fucking with each other. But I'm telling you straight up, Live It Down is the perfect embodiment of the amalgamation of the, the ringworms, metallic but punk and the integrity, evil but with the heavy riffs, fucking fantastic. And awesome guys, Bob Wilson put the record out. And actually, the first time they played Philly was also the first time Carbonite played. So it was a sick fucking show. And then, um, moment of truth. So when Shadow Realm went to Florida, we played with Hold My Own. And um, we did a bunch of shows. We get down to South Florida. And we're sitting there. And I'm like, who the fuck are these nerds getting on stage? And then they start playing. And this motherfucker's like, fucking killer. Hard, hard fucking vocals. My vocals don't sound hard. Been at a show for three fucking days and then had band practice and it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm a little baby and my voice is hurting. But that's beside the point. They're fucking fantastic. The breakdowns, the kids going mosh. At one point, because I was chilling, so many people were moshing against the door in the inner room. People from the hallway couldn't even get in. Epic moment for moment of truth. South Florida, fucking fantastic. Check them out. Hopefully they come up here more because they killed it. Then it tames a little bit. This wreckage comes up from New York. Fantastic. Uh, one of the best modern examples of pure New York hardcore. Same deal. They draw from different elements of New York hardcore. Fucking fantastic. Straight down the middle. New York hardcore. Fast. Fucking well-written. Incredible shit. One of my favorite bands that Bob has put me onto this year. And yes, Bob puts me onto a lot of fucking things. If you're wondering, I say his name a lot when it comes to, oh, this dude put me on. Bob puts me on. And then Chemical Fix. Even with that Mikey with his fucking broken leg, he gets on stage. I don't hear no excuse that you can't get on and play when the most beautiful man in fucking Philadelphia hardcore hurts his fucking leg, can't tour, and he comes out and he plays it. Chemical Fix is raw, unadulterated, fast. Like that, when people are going to hear more fast core, they've already been there. Chemical Fix is played up and down the country, all over the fucking place. Unsung. Maybe not as well known because they don't have monstrous breakdowns and all them dudes all dress cool. And you know when you're playing in breakdown music, you're wearing big UFO pants and goofy jackets like Eric Walk. But if you're not, you play this tight dungaree shit like like you almost could be a Marlboro man or some dude who's going to DJ later on at night. And that's kind of what Chemical Fix looks like. But fucking fantastic, raw, unadulterated, amazing hardcore. Glad to see the wreckage into the chemical fix, change the mosh atmosphere, cleanse the palate, so to speak. Because then Cedar Pain gets on. And, you know, what Cedar Pain said, it's going to start and end with Hardcore Pride. They did a deep cut. People went fucking off. And again, same deal. Everybody who's in the bands are all going off for Cedar Pain. I think Carter moshed every single song. I could see he was getting a little tired at the end, but he was moshing on all weekend, so God bless him. But yeah, Cedar Pain, again, one of them bands from South Florida, they got energy, and who else can start and end with the same goddamn song? And this is where we get to Mind Force. Mind Force is probably currently my favorite modern hardcore band, if I had to say. There's just something about them. Now, they were in other bands, and turns out we've been fucking with each other. Look, we remember how many shows. But when it really comes down to it is, Mind Force brings elements of the modern era into just classic pure New York hardcore 
and the the sonic delivery, the perfect rhythms, the timing, and Jay's not only amazing stage presence, but just the way that they do that band is fucking fantastic. And if I have to shout them out for being 100% DIY. No booking agent, no manager. They'll straight up be like, ah, you know what? We're not playing too many shows this month. We want to make sure we hang out with our kids. They have a balanced everything and one of the most perfect bands in the last couple of years. And I'm a huge mark for them. And it was fucking fantastic to see them. And then this fucking shout out thing happens where he says exactly what he says. That he wants to let everybody know there's a lot of new people coming into hardcore because of the internet. And everybody who wants, everybody who is at a hardcore show should welcome them. But also people have to understand that there's only coming and being a part of a live show or you a part of our hardcore scene. Hardcore isn't just sitting at home on the internet watching live shows on the internet. And that got taken a million ways. So here's once again a great event. Fucking fantastic. Three days straight. Well, two days straight plus the tsunami on the Thursday. And the only thing that's ever going to take it away is that the guy from Mind Force went ahead and said, hey, you know, hard, being a hardcore person is not just living off looking at shit on the internet. you got to be in this room and be a part of this movement and this community. Which should have not gone over anybody's heads. Should have not. But what we know is that everybody looks with these fake accounts to instigate, antagonize, and influence people with their wittiness or just try to like be a contrarian with your fake Brendan 708192 fucking, you know, and some weird cartoon character as your profile. I don't even know why we argue with these people, but I, I digress, we do. Back to the adjacency now. It's easy to go ahead and say these stupid things when you have 40 friends in a text group and you can have 80 profiles attacking somebody for disagreeing with you. But in the real world, you're fucking wrong. There's nothing about hardcore and metalcore, which metalcore died at a certain point. There's hardcore music and then there's bands who are not fucking big enough to play shows without a hardcore band or without a small room. So they use hardcore shows till their band's getting popular enough so they don't fucking have to do it. I'm not lying. What do you think? Crowbar wanted to start. I mean, like, I booked Crowbar and I had a conversation with Kirk and I'm like, yo, you guys play me. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we were even called Crowbar, we played with Destruction and the Chromags, man. And their old band was called Deadbolt. Yeah, we played with them in a hall in Tupelo, Mississippi. And I was thinking about, like, how's your cool it is to be seeing Crowbar in their infancy on the, like a tour with the Best Wishes tour with Destruction from Germany headlining at a hall. It must have been fucking fantastic, chaotic, or half empty. Who the fuck knows? But the reality is, is everybody is easiest to step into a hardcore show because it's a fucking hall. There's no, you know, oh, well, we got seven bands trying to play this Friday night. We, you know, we can't just put your little band on there. No, it's always been that way. And we talked about this in the last episode that I did with Mike Scadano about the beginning of deathcore and metalcore. You know, these were metallic influences that were brought forth 
in a lot of different bands. I mean, um, the best way to check this out would be something like the East Coast Assault One compilation. You can hear the early '90s meddling and like beginning of putting metallic influences deeper into hardcore. But I mean, even as early as the Bring It Down record, people thought that there was a metallic sound to the Judge record. In fact, if you're really trying to go deep, you can go as far as to say that all those first bands, the SSDs, the Gangrenes, you know, later on, they would all touch and try to get, I mean, even Warzone has a bad metallic record. You know, metal has always had an influence in hardcore, positive, negative, and also bands from hardcore have made metallic records. When the metallicized was kind of like, you know, merging to become one fist, you hear best and stuff like Integrity is a great example. Both plausibly, completely hardcore, but metallic. You know, Chicken and the Egg. I would say they're a hardcore band who plays metal music sometimes. But I wouldn't call them a metallic hardcore. And I would never call them, oh shit, I would never call them a metalcore band. You know, if you want to start talking about metalcore, maybe it's Shadows Fall. Maybe it's the Kill Switch Gauge. Maybe it's the bands who were metallic and the, all them dudes were hardcore dudes. So they went ahead and were playing shows because that's where they used to play at DIY venues like Kill Time and stuff like that. And they would build their band up. And then it got too big. But then they get to be just metal. Just same way like with this Warp Tour shit where like the pop stuff. Like it's just pop music. It was never pop punk. Popular music. Pop. All that shit is rah, 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 sing along, pedophile music for weirdos who are all in bands, tour the warp tour and hang out with underage girls. Super creepy shit. People love it. I fuck with the Descendants. I fuck with some of the bands. I love No Pressure Now. Some bands I fuck with, like like legit real deal shit. There's so many Christian, Christian, hardcore uh, pop bands and hardcore punk bands who would tour the warp tour. Just weird assholes. I'm, I'm, I'm slighted against it, but and then I'm going off on a, a tangent here. Metalcore to me doesn't really exist. If your band's entire goal is to end up wearing laminates and hanging backstage the whole time, I'm not moshing, you're a metal band. If your entire goal is to play behind barricades, there's no core in it. There's nothing hardcore about playing behind a barricade. The end. When you The bigger your band gets, the more control your band has. If you eliminate that control to get to the next level, then you're saying, I, I'll go against my own personal aesthetics so my band can get bigger. And there's an argument of my band gets more and more people come, but it's all selfish. Metalcore shit is not adjacent to hardcore shit. There are people who listen to both and they don't want to be shamed for either, so they say adjacent she, but I don't fucking believe it. I never fucking believed it. I listen. I grew up listening. This is not how I had when I was finally going to hardcore shows. Three weeks will be... I should have it three weeks now. Fucking couple days, right? Yeah. Two weeks over now, it'll be 30 years since I went to my first hardcore show. When I was my first hardcore show, I was a headbanger. I loved the music, Biohazard. Thought Sick of It All was the coolest name ever. Just heard Sheer Terror for the first time. Headbanger. Shrimp, metalhead, long hair. Maybe, maybe it was 100 pounds at 12 years old. But I never called anything adjacent. Adjacent. Still went to Slayer, still went to Biohazard shows, still went to Machine Head shows when they started coming out, saw them all together. You know, there was no this need to like explain to your friends, I also listen to this. Jason C doesn't exist to me. 
and I think the word's fucking stupid. And all the assholes who listen to the bands like Knock Loose, and they listen to these goofy Warped Tour bands that play these barricades, they have like their feet a little wet in some of the hardcore stuff. So they go ahead and they say things like, well, it's adjacent. And then it's like, look, at man, like if you're paying money to be at a VIP thing before the band show even starts, you're not a hardcore kid. It's that simple. And it wasn't a slight this to knock loose, but they're a great example of like a truly metalcore band that didn't have an audience until they were playing all these halls. And the great thing about that band is that instead of just going ahead and doing the pay-to-play metalcore nerd shit, they played in all these places and weird towns. In fact, they played the West Kensington Ministry. And, you know, that was one of the first places they were like, had a bigger show, bigger show, so to speak, in Philadelphia. The band worked their ass off to get to where they're at. Using the playbook of the DIY hardcore style because of the booking agent they had put them in all these different rooms. And they got bigger and they don't need to do any of that shit anymore. So not this to them, but that whole world stepped into hardcore and tries to rewrite the fucking playbook and come up with this word adjacency and then start telling people, well, you know, what about people who are ableist? Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Adam Heartless is his name. Adam, he grew up in Upper Darby, used to go to shows, and then he had so many different problems that he ended up in a wheelchair. This guy has a um, a golden pass from us, like a lifetime, gets into shows for free. I've known him for, fuck, since 1998 maybe? You know, he has thousands of CDs. He had that great podcast going. He still listens and checks out new bands. He loves metalcore. He would argue with me. I think metalcore is, I would love to have an argument with him, but what is what is in metalcore? But that kid knows more about hardcore, and because for whatever reason, God has a plan to keep him from going to shows. He doesn't get to come everything. Even that dude comes to shows. I don't care. You don't have to go to shows every single day, but you just can't be someone who's not actually present and a part of the community is the fucking point that I was getting to. And these metalcore adjacent people, they like the skin hairs, they have arguments on the internet that they can win because they're in these stupid fucking groups. And it's all stupid because no one should ever have to explain to someone else that you have to be present and be a part of it. I've been watching heavy metal videos since I was a kid. That's what eventually would get me into hardcore. And I still watch, and it's great to see it, and you go, fuck. And I see these old videos from the late, 70s, early 80s, the old punk shows, and it's sick, but I still fucking can't stand the bad brains because I wasn't there to see it. I can't get that vibe that all these old heads vibe because, you know, the same records that the bad brains were putting out in 1983 did not sound like Metallica Ride the Lightning for me. So I have like a cultural respect to bad brains, but they're still not as good as the Metallica Ride the Lightning record that came out around the same time. That's my fucked up way. That's my headbanger way of thinking. And that should apply to hardcore like I can't look at a Bad Brains video from 1981 and go this must have been the most crazy thing because I wasn't there to see it I have no physical contact I can't know the smell I can't see the shit you know um, a lot of my friends tell me Jay from Crackdown was one of the coolest moshers ever in New York hardcore there's no video of it so I can't prove it so it's another thing like I don't even know it sounds plausible to the old guys but the old guys don't see dudes like Kareem and Dom and Eric Walk going off. So if these motherfuckers were transported back in time, they might have been the craziest monsters. Who fucking knows? Ultimately, it just comes down to this. You can be a part of hardcore very easily. If you find yourself going to a hardcore show and you support the bands. Maybe you talk to some people. Maybe you buy a record, get a sticker, 
you know, maybe you're not a dickhead. Maybe, you know, you live somewhere where there's not anything that cool. This is something we keep bringing up. Actually, you could go to this. Well, what if you live far away? Well, all right, cool. Well, there's tons of fucking weird asshole places where punk bands started in the late 70s and early 80s. And then their town, because there wasn't anything going on, unless you live in a town of 20 fucking people, if you're a young kid and you're in a town where there isn't something, start something. Go If you have the internet and you can look at 8 by 6 videos, you can look at a YouTube video. You know, you could fucking figure out something to do and start your own shit. You really want to start something and you don't know, you can contact me, Joe Hardcore at Gmail on my Instagram. You can hit me up. I get, I talk to young promoters all the time about how to start things. They don't always listen, but I try to help. There's no way of getting out of the fact that being present and in the flesh is the ultimate real membership card. Show up, be involved, get your ass fucking moving. And that's what makes you a part of this whole thing. Great that you buy t-shirts. Great that you resell them for $500 two months later. Great that you buy records and then um, end up not going to shows. Oh, that's cool. Fiscal support helps the real bands continue moving. But you got to have some skin in the game. You have to get that exhilarating rush of standing too close to a stage and some big asshole jumps over you and the sun fucking dots out like this. Gonna go fuck. Like, that's exciting. Still exciting to me. I see some of these young kids moshing. I'm like, I ain't letting them kick me. I gotta go to work tomorrow. So that's where I'm at in life. There's no reason in the world why you can't do that too. So this internet bickering back and forth to talk, this is gatekeeping. Dude, there's never been a gate in hardcore. There were people who would be like, yo, we're assholes. And if you wanted to be around assholes, you had to learn to deal with them. I had an interesting scenario because as a headbanger in my early, you know, 10, 11, 12, hair start growing out. Mom saw the neighborhood bad. Let me start going to shows. Everyone's heard this bullshit. I ended up in metal shows in Philadelphia and there's tons of Nazis. I didn't become a Nazi. I didn't cut my hair. But I did go to the shows and was terrified because those motherfuckers were crazy. But what am I going to do? Sit at home. The neighborhood had cracked all over. Corners were bad. Nothing to do. So we would go to concerts. They were fucking crazy. Then I find this hardcore shit, and it's more crazy. It feels more real. At Biohazard Show, that's like two weeks away from being my first hardcore show ever. A bunch of dudes covered in tattoos on stage threatening to beat up the security. I've been to a bunch of metal shows by that time. The Big Spectrum, the Small Club, the Middle Club. I've never seen a bunch of tattooed dudes who look like they're from my neighborhood and write graffiti and beat people up threatening to beat up the security. Never fucking seen in my life. And I was like, this is the coolest shit ever. That's me. I, I didn't get, oh man, well, I'm scared. It's fucking crazy. You know, like so many different things and hopefully in these recaps and me just talking like this, I can go into more in detail. But ultimately, the recap is that this this hardcore thing of ours is fucking fantastic. As long as the people who are involved are pushing things in a positive direction, I think it's always going to fucking continue. I love the idea that there's young kids in their late teens, early 20s, finding hardcore, starting new bands, but giving homage and honor to these older bands. It's incredible to see some of the young kids wearing crazy old band t-shirts that are my friends and be like, how the fuck did you get that shirt? Or I remember having that shirt. The level of respect, the level of camaraderie is unmatched. I, you know, the general respect for each other is fantastic. Hardcore's in a good place. Until you get on Twitter and then you let these 
online internet idiots, yap, yap, yap. Um, important, should I say this, because I'm going to wrap this up pretty soon, is that this may not be often or might be like only when weekends when there's something to recap. I don't know. This is the first one, so don't break my fucking balls. And But you can tell me, hey, Joe, I hate your face. Put a fucking mask on her. Hey, can you stare? And I just look at the back of your head. I, I would appreciate some comments if you like what I'm trying to do here. And um, we'll kind of take it a little bit further if we can. Um, in the meantime, we have some shows, and I, I'm going to pull up. This is a beautiful thing. If anybody complaining about shit, today's the best time in hardcore. You hit three buttons. I've hit three buttons right now. Boom, 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 right? Now I'm at the Philly Hardcore Shows page. Does everybody follow Philly HC Shows? If you don't, follow us. Philly HC Shows on Instagram and Twitter. Or philly-shows.com. Packed. We're fucking packed. Um, March 30th, Chemical Fix. Jive Bomb Gum Bankrupt. Whew. You like skanking in a circle, pushing each other around. And it's in a venue that is uh, one of these cool... Ask a punk things. Hit up Bob Wilson. He'll tell you where to find it. It's called the Snake Pit. Doors at 7. Then we got the show at the First Unitarian Church. Vane. I don't even know if you're supposed to say Vane FM, but I think legally they have to say it, but Woods will not say Vane FM. Uh, Vane, you're the knife. Foreign hands and glove off. If you know, you know. Show's going to be fucking wild. Um, that Doors are also at 7, and that is at the First Unitarian Church. And then March 31st at Club Reverb, it is Madball, Pain of Truth, Ends of Sanity, Risk, and Hold My Own. These are all homies. No excuse to not fucking be there. No excuse to not be excited. Club Reverb is one of the finest venues in the country. Actually listed as one of the top independently owned venues. Owned by my brother, Chris Mahmood. Uh, Richie, Chris, Richie Crutch and Chris Mahmood putting this show together. We're part of the Trinity. We do Keystone Hardcore Jam. Chris may even bring back Iso Tsunami. Who the fuck knows? But support that. It's an all-hardcore show. Fucking fantastic. Reading, Pennsylvania. Then, um, it's not on the calendar because it's not my show, but um, Pain of Truth, Shattered Realm, Hold My Own, Anchor, Rock Club in Atlantic City, Sunday, April 2nd. And then Bob got this fucking badass show. Life's Questions, New World Men, Not One Truth, Cut Down Invested. If you know, you know. I don't need to say it. Life's Questions, that band from who made Bonks Cool in Philadelphia. New World Man is like a um, side project, John. And this is the first time they're playing in Philly. Not One Truth, um, updated lineup. Used to have other dudes in it that are awesome. Still have amazing dudes. New stuff sounds great. Going to be a sick one. And, you know, Cut Down, Cut Down Never and Again had their uh, record release in New Brunswick today. I didn't go to it. Fantastic, pure, unadulterated, fast, hardcore. Check those bands out. Never and again, and cut down. And Vespid, bunch of long hair kids who shred in a band. No reason for these kids to be playing hardcore shows as well as they do. Just total fucking riffers opening up. It's going to be sick. Um, April 7th, Standstill, Wild Red, Sun Title, Capsule 9, and Nave at Tunes and Vorties. That's a record shop. Um, April 21st, Cycle of Abuse, Break the Cycle, Greed Worm, Street Truck, Downhill at the Yard in Ambler. Yo, the Yard is a cool... Uh, privately run open to the public for a fee skateboard park that we do shows at it's not that far from my house we'll go we'll eat some water ice check out the show it's pretty fucking cool um, this is Broken Vale Torina Conduit A Road Lasting Dose 7pm is at the April 26th is a Stucky show uh, West Kensington Ministry so another show at West Kensington 
you know, you know, because we just talked about it. And then uh, Go, Roll Call, Gray Cell, Controller, Wall Breaker. That's also the very next day at the um, West Kensington Ministry. And then um, just to let you guys know, May 21st, Hard Times had to, doing another flea market, Rising Sun, Northeast Philly. This is where you can get your gold teeth at from Reds. You can get some tattoos from Mike Barletti or Vire. Get your face pierced by it. Alex. Uh, a lot of cool shit. We'll be there hanging out. Shooting the shit, doing some cool shit. Maybe I'll do a live podcast. Who fucking knows? But um, come out support. We have a drain show. It's currently on sound. June 9th. You can go to Philly HD shows, as we said. Check that out. Wednesday, I announce the rest of the lineup. So far, it's drain. These tickets are halfway sold out. Don't miss it. Um, no pressure. That show is May 21st. That show is almost completely sold out. So get your tickets for that in Underground Arts. And then we're announcing another show t- Tuesday, which is going to be fucking fantastic. And um, more shows coming. Support us at Philly AC Shows on Instagram, Twitter, the dot com. And this is hardcore coming out 4, 5, and 6 of August, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Same after shows. Uh, we're about two weeks from announcing. We're trying to see where Sound of Fury's at with announcing. The bill is going to be fantastic. It's going to be an awesome time. You know how to follow us on that because you are checking out the This Is Hardcore Fest recap. Thank you for watching. Shout out once again to shout out to From Within Records, to everybody who participated, everybody who went off, and for being true to real fucking hardcore. Take care.